producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. It's back for another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. AJ Fredrickson here with you, joined as always, by my two partners in crime, Mr. Jason Stormer, Mr. Artis Woods. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this? Uh, we we can't get out of we can't get out of winter, can we? We are so close to spring. We have like 50 degree days, and then it's just like, nope, you're gonna get some more snow and slush yeah. and sleet and hail. Well, you know where we live, AJ. It's the great state of Minnesota, it's the Canada of the United States. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, we had this blizzard um the other day, and I don't remember the last time. Minneapolis and St. Paul were in a blizzard warning. I went to Taco Bell at about nine o'clock when that thing started getting in, and I can tell you what, um, I I almost had to eat my crunch wrap on the side of the road or something like that. I didn't know if I was gonna make it home. It was brutal out there. But you know what? Baseball started, AJ, and that kind of gets me into the spring mood. It makes me feel a little warm inside. And you know what? I think the Twin Cities is supposed to get like 70 degree 70 degree weather here in the next week or so. So Hang in there, folks. We're so close. We are on the precipice, on the very edge of finally breaking through. But, yeah, it's just like anytime it snows in April, especially blizzard, not fun. Right, Artis? Yeah, man, it's it's a little rough. I'm from Wisconsin, and uh, I, I can never get used to the weather, man. I could, I could just never get used to the cold, and I thought it was over. My birthday is coming up, and I'm just like, yo, it's actually tomorrow. Um, so Happy birthday turning to the big, you. The big 2-8. Happy birthday to so, you. We should have waited. Happy birthday, waited, uh, dear artist. Oh, Happy birthday to show. you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, started, I, I, I couldn't stop. I'm sorry. I had to finish. Um, we should have waited one more day because then we could have done uh, back-to-back shows w- wishing a member of the Woods family a happy birthday. Yeah, that would have been pretty dope. That would have been back. pretty dope. That's, that's actually crazy. Yeah, I love the fact that me and my mom's birthday is pretty close together. But that's fun. It's weird, man. I think I had some. I had some. Uh, some like chicken nuggets today. Got my stomach feeling a little oh. queasy, but oh. you know, it's a little weird. But I, I'm ready for the show today, though. Good. I have a lot to get off my chest today, surprisingly. So and hopefully not a lot out of your stomach. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully not. not. Hopefully, it doesn't either. come up while I'm talking today. So, yeah. other speaking, than that, I'm do- I'm doing well. Speaking of getting stuff off off of our chest, there's a lot of GMs and rumblings getting some stuff off their chest this past weekend because there was some reports that came out that there were talks among the Vikings one exploring options for a trade of Kirk Cousins, possibly sending him to the 49ers. But um, I think the topic that we'll start with is the fact that the Vikings are kind of under the radar almost doing a lot of um, happenings, kind of checking things out, a lot of scouting, a lot of just personnel checking in on the quarterbacks in this 2023 NFL draft class. We've already talked about Will Levis and we kind of know about him, but the one guy that keeps kind of swirling, whose name keeps popping up this past week, Tennessee zone, Mr. Hendon Hooker. I know he was injured um, before the injury though. He had the highest QBR in the nation. So this is a guy that it seems like can very much like have that kind of when he's healthy, that upside, that potential that um, he, you know, he had that buzz before the injury. But now, obviously, with that, there's that injury concern. Um, let's let's maybe start this off with Jason, because I know, Jason, you were shooting me some eyes there. What do you think about the initial stuff that you hear in your thoughts when you hear the name Hendon Hooker, Minnesota Vikings? So. 
what I really hope this ends up not being, and I need to obviously do plenty of more research on lots of these players, especially quarterbacks, as we're now in April and the draft is uh, pretty much getting here pretty close. Um, I just want to make sure that we don't get into a territory where the Vikings are potentially reaching at quarterback, um, especially because their situation is pretty you know, secure for at least 2023. Obviously, we've talked about the speculation of what's going to happen to Kirk afterwards. And and obviously the stuff with the Niners has come up again. And frankly, I'm just getting pretty exhausted by all this. I kind of just have accepted the fact that Kirk's going to be our quarterback for next year. I don't know if the Lamar Jackson thing is still like possible or whatever, but I'm just kind of ready to just totally just emotionally move on. Kirk Cousins is going to be our quarterback 2023. Let's see what happens in 2024. Um, But if the Vikings truly are ready to move on from Kirk, then it's not out of the realm to look into a quarterback. So I'm glad that they're doing do, their due diligence on Hendon Hooker. And yeah, before this guy got injured, 69% of his uh, passes completed, 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions. This guy was balling for the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, but then he got hurt, and it's definitely obviously hurt his draft status a little bit. I, I actually don't remember how high he was being mocked before he got hurt, like in season, because obviously like people have been doing mock drafts since... I mean, they got mock drafts all the way to like 2026. You know what I mean? Like mockers going to mock, you know what I mean? So, um, but you know, obviously we've had a lot of conversation or like, there's been a lot of focus on the CJ Strouds, the Bryce Youngs. And I, and obviously like the Will Levises, the Anthony Richardsons, I think Anthony Richardson is now too far away for the Vikings because I've seen him pretty much get mocked in like the top 10 pretty consistently. Now the Vikings might have to trade up to go get him. If Will Levis falls, that might be a little more intriguing to me than Hendon Hooker. Um, and frankly, that is because, I, I mean, I will admit it is because it's more of a name and Hendon Hooker is, his, his draft status and his capital is only now starting to rise and may only get even better over the next uh, month or so. We'll see. It's very intriguing. I'm still might be in the camp to wait another year to draft a quarterback because if the, if the Vikings do draft a quarterback, I would want them to actually play their rookie year because I'm just so just transfixed on getting the most out of rookie scale contracts. And that means even allowing rookie quarterbacks to play the rookie seasons if possible. But it is intriguing, especially if the Vikings have all but emotionally moved on from Kirk. And obviously they've made a lot of like moves that would indicate that they they didn't take his pay cut and stuff like that. So I'm very intrigued by that. Um, obviously, we'll see, like, keep an eye on that injury, but the stats are definitely there. What do you think, Artis? Hendon Hooker can play. He can play. Now, a lot of his numbers or some of his numbers can be contributed to Jalen Jalen uh, Hyatt, who was a dog this past year for Tennessee. I mean, he was – he was different. He was different. He he had speed. He was explosive. He's a bigger receiver, and he made for an easy target um, every week for, for Hooker. But at the same time, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. You listed it off, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. The year before that, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah. The ratings, 180 yeah. I didn't in 2021. That. 2022, 175.5. Now, yes, he had the ACL injury, but if you draft him this year, if you draft him this year, he won't play his rookie year. So he'll have, you know, obviously the rest of this past season to recover. He'll have this offseason, and he'll have the entire season to recover from this ACL injury while learning behind Kirk Cousins and kind of learning this offense, which we all know is kind of complex. And so I'm indifferent about it because those are all positives, but, like, at the same time, do I want to use a first-round draft pick on a quarterback at 23? That's the question. If I'm drafting a quarterback at this point in time, 
I would prefer to trade up for one of those heavy hitters. If you can't do that, I would prefer to trade for Lamar Jackson. If you can't do that, I, I'm just I'm not spending a first round draft pick on a guy. Now, if Hooker falls to the second round, no doubt I'm taking him. But I want to point something else out really quick, not to diverge from this conversation. Every single year, there is a quarterback or two or three that pops up out of the blue that all these analysts want to just gas up to be the next best thing since sliced bread, and it drives me crazy. Will Levis will be a bust. I'm calling this now. <laughs> I'm calling this now. He is not. He he is he is Josh Rosen. He oh. he he is he is. Who, who's the guy from the Jets? Can't think of his name offhand. Zach Wilson. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson. He's Sam Darnold. He's all of those quarterbacks looped in one. Yes, he has good arm talent. The guy, from what I've seen out of him, he's not a winner. He is not a winner. And coming out of the draft, I want to draft somebody that wins football games. In a heartbeat, I'm taking Hooker over, 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 over him, over Will Levis. In a heartbeat, just because of what I've seen the two quarterbacks do in college. We saw these two quarterbacks match up head-to-head. And in that game, Levis threw three interceptions and lost 6-44. to We also saw him match up against Georgia. Six points to 16 against Georgia. Now we're talking about a quarterback in Hooker who went up against Alabama and put up 52 points on that team. Now, granted, Hyatt had an amazing game. Don't get me wrong. He was going crazy. (laughs) He was going crazy. But 52 points on Bama is nothing to sneeze at. Every time we've seen this guy, Levis, go up against real talent in college, he folded. But now all of a sudden, this guy from Kentucky, not basketball, football, is going to come out and just dominate – it's not happening. It's not happening. So I disagree with everyone. No offense to you, Jason, or you uh, know AJ, if you feel this way. I disagree with anybody that says, if Will Levis is there at 23, you got to take him. No, you don't. You leave him for the next team at 24. That is what you do, and you wait to see what happens after that. That, that, is, that is my take on him. But it, it just it drives me crazy. Every year, every year, there's some random guy, some guy that we haven't heard of in, in a lot of times. Who this guy come from? Who the Got BYU quarterback out of BYU is gonna be amazing. Zach Wilson, and then look at what look at what he is. Like mm-hmm. it's just it, it drives me crazy. I just had to get that off my chest. It drives me crazy. Love it. No, I I kind of in the same boat. I it, I don't like when somebody's like if I how do I want to phrase this? If their draft stock rises within a month or two of the draft, that's the issue for me. I want to know about this person from like the second week of the season. I I want this person as a highlight real guy every single week. I want him, you know, in these discussions for the Heisman at times and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's, he's the guy that, uh, you know, when I think of his school, that's the guy I think about Like, and this is going to be a bad example given hindsight, but like, like when like Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel, when you think of those guys, you know, Florida, you know, Texas A&M, when you think of, uh, when you think of Patrick Mahomes, you think of what, um, whatever, what, what, what's it's the I, Texas Tech, Texas Tech. I wanted mm-hmm. to keep saying Texas A and M, but it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Texas Tech. It's like I, I want to have that guy that's just synonymous with a certain school who ha, who is like pre-established, not this guy who's um, I to make a horse racing comparison. I don't want the finisher. 
I don't want the late bloomer. I don't want the guy that stumbles out of the gate and is at the back of the pack. And now that we're on the final turn, it's like, oh, he's making his push. And oh, he's got a deep ball. And did you see him hit the ceiling at the combine when he was throwing? Oh, my God. No, I want the guy who jumps out and puts up 30 on some like uh, on, you know, Kentucky State. I, I, I want a guy who's going to have four touchdowns a week for the first four weeks of the season make the guy who is the like established player, the one that you should be prioritizing, not this guy who now that there's really no pressure in terms of heat, you there's no fans. There's no nothing. He's, he's throwing to a guy who should catch these balls with little to no um, like outside noise, just cameras on him. And that's, that's not Will Levis. Hennon hooker showed that he was able to be that guy at times, um, it just sucks that he, he got hurt. So we don't get the full, we don't get the full entree. We just got an appetizer, unfortunately, of what he, what he can do. And it, what, what sucks is you're not going to really get a lot of people that are like, yeah, 25 year old, let's draft him. Yeah. He, mm. he just said, you know, he's coming off an injury. Let's draft the 25 year old. And this is where I differ from you, Jason. I want my quarterback who I'm drafting to sit behind an established guy for my first season. It depends on the situation because if the Vikings had Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold, or like a, I know he just retired, but like a Ben Roethlisberger, maybe big Ben, because he actually at one point was good, but I'm thinking like some quarterbacks out there right now, I don't want them mentoring my quarterback, my new prize star boy, my, my first round selection. You got to think who the Vikings starting quarterback is, you know, Kirk cousins. That's part of my argument. I, I, but yeah. Kirk, but Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's going to be yeah. able to. He's going to be able to mentor, show the ropes, um, and I think Kirk is a very. He he's enough of a blue collar, office guy that he's going to maybe help instill some sort of work ethic and maybe, hey, all right, Monday morning, here's what we do. We get, we get into the office at eight o'clock and we sit down. We review some film with coach. And after that, we're going to go out. We're going to hit the weight room a little bit. We're going to work on our throwing after that. And now we're going to have lunch. And now after that, we go back and we study plays um, and how we can refine them. Then we go speak with our wide receiver, blah, 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 and get into that rhythm of like, okay, now I know my work week. Now I know how to approach this. And then you get into to the, this is how you read the defense at this level. And this is how you maybe, um, you know, adjust plays on the fly and how you work out of certain things. Cause I Kirk is not a top tier, like S tier elite quarterback, but he's not C tier. He he's a, I would say maybe low, a very high B quarterback. He's, he's very, very, very good. I would say he's mm-hmm. a top 10 quarterback. Um, lo- the lower part of that top 10, but a top 10 quarterback. So it's, it's, uh, I, I think the Vikings have a good spot where if they're going to reach on a guy, 23 might be, uh, it, it sucks that they're 23 because I don't think the 23rd pick in Hen and Hooker match up necessarily super great. But if you can maybe get a sense of the, the rest of the league and maybe we trade back a couple picks, maybe we go late first round or like Arda said, maybe we trade back. First, second pick, uh, first or second pick of the you know second round. Then Hendon Hooker sounds a little more salivating. You can you can get behind it a little more. People are maybe getting more riled up because you get that you get that late second or that for your early second rounder, but then you get another maybe a late second rounder with it, or you get an early third rounder. All of a sudden, you've addressed your future maybe quarterback needs, and now you have hope again. And somehow we've got a you know a, 
a somewhat notable but not top tier prospect at at cornerback, which you need to address and all that stuff. So, um, long story short, I would be fine with it. I could live with it. I want this organization to show that they have the guts to go out there and like find their own identity, and they need to now because Quasi and KOC Kirk is not their choice. He he they they got him with the house essentially. He's the he's the uh, the lounging chair that was left when they bought the house and moved in. It might be great, and you're going to use it for a while, but at a certain point, you want to upgrade to maybe a sofa. So go ahead and do that. <laughs> nice sectional. Yeah, exactly. Nice sectional. Maybe a nice <laughs> ottoman in there. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Some, something else I want to quickly add in there as far as Hooker is concerned. Not only did he have the 31 touchdowns to just three interceptions in, in 2021 and 27 to two in, 20, in 2022, but... He's also a running threat as well. He can also run with the football, you know, 620 yards in 2020, uh, 2021, and then 430 in 2022 is part of the reason why he got hurt. But it's still, he's still a mobile guy. He's still a guy that can get outside of the pocket and make things happen with his legs in case things don't work out. We know the, the Vikings' offensive line is not the greatest, and Kirk Cousins has been taking a beating now for a couple years, it feels like, in that pocket. And so it will be nice to have a guy who's a little bit, I won't say more accurate, but a guy who can throw the ball from the pocket as well as run. Um, but I quickly, really quick, back to Will Levis because I went back because I had his numbers up and I wanted to make sure I mentioned his numbers as well. Yeah. 24 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. So he gives the ball up. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? 20, 2022. <laughs> right. Yeah, we like taking risks downfield. Come on. 2022, 19 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. So it's like, And he's not the running threat that Hooker is. So it's like, what is – what – is the hype. I'll tell you what it is. He's big. He's strong. He can see over the offensive line. He's got a cannon for an arm. And, and the <laughs> analysts say it. he's and the analysts <laughs> say he's good. That that is it. Not only has he not shown to be, in my in my personal opinion, very efficient with the football, but he has also folded against some of the best teams in the nation that he's that he's had to play when given the opportunity. So I am I am when I say I'm out on Will Levis. I am out, and, and and I just I just had to stamp that home one more time. I just, I just had to stamp that home one more time before I sent that back. I could be wrong. I I could be wrong, but it's just one of those feelings. I, I feel like this almost every year, somebody else comes up that's being put on this pedestal, and uh, I think Henry Hooker <laughs> is going to be better, especially put in the right situation. You know, if you say he does go to Minnesota, you're playing with Hawkinson, you're playing with Justin Jefferson, you're playing with a decent, you know, rushing attack. Your defense still has a lot to improve, but at least on offense, you got some weapons. You got some weapons to work with. So that's just where I stand. If you can get him in the second round, great. First round, uh, I'll be like, yeah, but I, right. you know, it would be nice to see the Vikings take a chance, though. That's what I'll say. It would be, and I think I think we're all in consensus that it might probably be a reach for the Vikings to take a quarterback at twenty three. It, it would depend on who it is. Um, I think we're kind of all in consensus that Hendon Hooker might be a little bit of a reach at that spot, but yeah, in the second round, I, I'm with you, Artis. Um, that would be that would be very intriguing. That that'd be very reminiscent, kind of like what happened to Malik Willis last year. Even though, I mean, he tumbled to the fourth round, and I mean, the Titans' quarterback situation is all in flux right now. We don't really know if he's the future out there or anything like that. Um, yeah, uh, but in, in terms of like just what I was kind of talking about, like just like. Kirk like mentoring another quarterback. I definitely like agree with AJ. Like Kirk would definitely like show another quarterback all the ropes and everything like that. He'd take him under his wing to the extent that Kirk Cousins, you know, would want to take another quarterback under his wing. And, you know, even if another quarterback were in the room, 
I still think Kirk is going to like, I really think, think Kirk might have a really good season this upcoming year because he's going to want to ball out if he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to want to play as lights out as possible. So no matter what the situation is, who's in that quarterback room with him, if the Vikings draft a quarterback and a high pick, I mean, I think no matter what, Kirk is going to have some tunnel vision this year and just be like, all right, I need to like really focus on my play. But I still think at the same time, he is a good enough teammate. He is just a a good enough guy, like just at the office that he's going to show you the ropes if you're the new guy and stuff like that. And he's not going to like completely just like, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers kind of situation. I don't think Kirk would ever let any situation ever get like that kind of toxic. So I just, I, I just, I know that like a lot of people kind of fell in love with the idea, especially because like this happened with like Patrick Mahomes, where he waited a year and that worked out for them while Alex Smith played that season and quarterback while he was a rookie. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just trying to maximize as much cap space with the Vikings as possible, especially because it seems like year after year we've dealt with like just cap restraints every single year. I'm just, I'm just hoping for a day where it's just like at, like we have just as much flexibility as possible, and that would create as much flexibility as possible. Plus, we're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson uh, soon, too. So the as much money we have uh, opened up as possible, uh, the better. But again, if the Vikings have an opportunity to get this get this guy, maybe maybe even Will Levis falls. I don't really know. Maybe a lot of other teams feel like you do, artists, and realize, you know what, maybe the Maybe sure he might do well at his pro days or at combines and stuff like that. But if you actually look at the tape, look at the stats, it's what really, um, what really substance is there with the guy and stuff like that. I mean, th- I mean, there's been quarterbacks who have been awesome. Like Tom Brady didn't have great stats and stuff like that. I mean, that's an extreme example. I understand that, but like, obviously you don't need to have the greatest of stats in college to necessarily be a good NFL quarterback, but like, yeah, like he did. He always just this season just kind of seemed like the guy that was just like, all right, we got like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and then oh, there's Will Levis over there, just not sitting necessarily at the cool kids table, but like he he's close. He's like a table there, over. There, you know? there he is going seven and six. A- Anthony Richardson's the guy that really <laughs> sort. Anthony Richardson's the guy that got really popular. He's sitting with the cool kids now too and stuff like that. But like, yeah, Will's kind of just been like, you know. Hey guys, what's going on? But I, just, I think I think him and Hendon are on the same kind of level right now. But it's just, it's just. But it, I understand your argument. You know, it's confusing because they they head to head, forty four to six. The man didn't even throw for a hundred yards, and he threw three interceptions. <laughs> I know. And like, we're, I and, but but he's but he's just the cream I, of the crop up there with you know Stroud and I mean, come on, come on, come I got, on. It's just I wonder if I, it's just the knee. Like people are just getting maybe, held up with the knee. And maybe. He, and, he, and he, I didn't know he was twenty five. I actually didn't know he was that old. Yeah, he's low. And I know like NFL players get drafted like we're in like 23 most of the time but like yeah. that's that's pretty old that's still i mean think old, about but. this tanner morgan he just wrapped hey. up his time at the golfers i'm pretty sure and he's like 36 so i oh. mean by the by that standard <laughs> Hendon hooker's a youngin um uh, right uh if, if you like talking about you know the stuff that we are and you maybe want to converse with other likewise vikings fans make sure uh to mark it on your calendar about three weeks from now the purple daily draft party happening at the uh park tavern in st louis park going on april 27th that's a thursday doors opening at 6 p.m there's no cover charge we're doing a live purple daily uh show it's also the return of before i die so phil Mackey, um kind of our ringleader uh judd zolgad and declan goff executive producer will be out there live on the scene pretty much doing a show the whole night long as well as uh just nfl guru this guy blows my mind thor nystrom uh whenever i grab highlights of their shows with him on there it just like i think i know a lot about hockey 
This guy is an encyclopedia of football knowledge. It's crazy. Uh, Jesse Pierce, also there, always a blast. Uh, great, fantastic personality. And then Ross Brendel also will be oh. out there for the return of Before I Die. Um, so make sure to head out there once again. That's April 27th at the Park Tavern and in St. Louis Park. Doors opening at 6 p.m. And your favorite analyst, Artist Woods will be in the building, people. Oh, <laughs> Artist Woods will be I would like in to, the building I would sharing like to see all those his numbers and everything he knows favorite. about That's actually great. I didn't, I didn't know that you were going to be there, so I apologize yeah, okay. for not plugging you. I just oh, no, it's all, no, good. I'm glad, it's all good. I'm glad you guys are going because I, I can't go because I'm going to have to run the draft back for 1500 ESPN that Thursday. That is my responsibility for the night. That's okay. we got to make sure the good people in Minneapolis and St. Paul know what's going on in the draft if they're listening in the cars and stuff like that listen on the radio so i'll just i'll be off you know or somewhere to the side probably recording everybody's reactions for social <laughs> media and whatnot if you just if you see the black guy with the high top just know that's artist woods know yeah, that I, it's artist woods i will wave you know flag me down i'm you know i'm, I'm around i'm around uh, no i'm i'm excited <laughs> for it i'm not going to be there from the start i have my uh don't laugh wiffle ball league that night uh we're taking on the blue socks and a double header so i will oh, be yeah. showing up probably afterwards um hopefully as uh hopefully with two wins so that'll be a fun time once again april 7th park tavern in slp um you don't need to like pre-register you don't need to do anything just show up um we'll have a blast it'll be a lot of fun otherwise if you can't go live streaming both purple daily and before i die on the score north and purple daily well it'll be purple daily youtube page so uh that'll be fun uh speaking of stuff that maybe is fun or the opposite thereof the minnesota timberwolves guys what is going on i have seen just nothing good over the past week or so. I, I saw that we had the worst loss in franchise history occur since the last show. What What is happening? I, I don't know if I'd call it the worst loss in franchise history, but it dang sure wasn't a good one. It was not a good one. <laughs> I, I was in the building for the Lakers in Timberwolves game. I, I ask found you about a that? way. Yes, I found a way. To make it happen to get in the building. Shout out to Phil for letting me take off. It was, it was really smooth of him. And, Aww. you know, kind of got a little surprised there and was able to get to the game with my lady. And I had a great time. Um, but, you know, that game was more so the story of that game for me was Anthony Edwards, man. He just did not look himself. He shot 16 shots, but it may have been the most quiet 16 shot attempt game I've ever seen. He had like two points. I want to say like midway through the third, he finished the game with 11 points. And you go up against a Lakers team that's just as hungry as you are, you know, trying to get into the playoffs, trying to get into that top six seed mm-hmm. and not get into the play-in or miss the play-in tournament. And they, they couldn't get past the Lakers. LeBron was terrible, but Anthony Davis went absolutely berserk in that basketball game, and they couldn't do anything with him. Cat played decent in that game. You know, honestly, if I'm being honest, the rest of the team was pretty decent. But it was it was Ant. They needed a little bit more from Ant, and I think he was under the weather. Honestly, I know the team has been dealing with like the flu or some type of illness as of late, and I think it really hit him hard that game. Because man, I've never seen him quite that passive, especially going up against LeBron, especially going up against like a marquee matchup like the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the game he gets up for, especially at home, and he just he just seemed out of it. So I kind of chalked that up to that. Okay. Just off game for Ant. It happens. He's sick. You know, it's a bad game to lose because of the playoff standing at the moment. But, you know, you got to bounce back. But then they go and play the Trailblazers. And that's where it all falls apart. That's where the maybe the worst loss ever, if not a terrible loss, um, <laughs> occurred against a team that is tanking, not starting Damian Lillard. 
and you go out there and you lose 107 to 105, and the story of that game was Carl Anthony Towns. The man shot three shots. Mm-hmm. He was out there. What? Yes. Yep. He was out there for 25 minutes. He shot three shots. Eight free, eight free throws. He's getting to the line. Okay. But three shots on Isn't the basketball game. Finished the game with eight points. Isn't this the guy that just won the three-point contest? Yes, year? it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The only shot he made, I'm so glad you brought that up. The only shot he made was, guess what? A three-point shot. That was the that was the only shot he made outside of that. It was nothing but free throws for Carl Anthony Towns. And that was the story of that game. So we've seen with the Timberwolves, honestly, the rest of this basketball team, and obviously they're missing Nas Reed as well. Mm. They're, they're missing yep. Nas Reed. They went down with a broken wrist the other night, which kills the team. Um but you see, you know, McDaniels, Gobert, um, Mike Conley, Anderson. Torian Prince, these guys can step up and have big games. They can step up and really take you there. But when you have Car Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards on the floor, in order to push you over the hump a lot of times, you need those guys to play at least decent. You need them to play at least decent. And in the game against the Blazers, Anthony Edwards went for 37, shot the ball 30 times. He clearly was, you know, feeling a little bit better. But then Car Anthony Towns dropped the ball. Just like before, Anthony Edwards dropped the ball. So it's like it's just like one game, Ant's gonna go crazy. The next game, or but lose, and Cat's not gonna show up. And you know, another game, Cat's gonna show up, but Ant's not gonna be there. And it's just very inconsistent. And that Blazers game, Car Anthony Towns would have been better off just staying on the bench and giving somebody. Else. I mean, give Torian Prince more tick. He didn't play necessarily well either. Only shot eight shots, two for eight from the field. But at least he was a little bit more aggressive. Um, it's just. It's tough. So now they're fighting for play-in. They went from possibly being a six seed to now you're fighting in a play-in. And it looks like, and I'll let you go in a hot second. My bad. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, rambling. No, I apologize. No, no, I love it. No. Um, it looks like they're, at this point, going to finish 9 or 10, which means, which means you can't afford a single loss in a play-in tournament. Last year, you know, if you win one play-in game, you're in because they were the seventh seed already. So you win one game, you're in. But this year, you got to win two games. And if you lose one of those play-in games, you're out. So this is – it is getting dicey for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That loss to Portland was the worst against a spread defeat in the NBA in its entirety, the entire NBA, since 1995 as they were 19-and-a-half-point favorites. Sure, Matisse Thibault was playing out there starting for the Trailblazers. Uh, he's he's won a defensive NBA, All-NBA or something like that, but the rest of those guys, I mean, you, you couldn't tell if they played for the actual team or the G League Ignite. You know what I mean? You had no idea who these guys were, and... At this point in the season, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, the year before the Grizzlies ja- uh, drafted Ja, they were they are obviously terrible because they had the second overall pick that year. Uh, and the Wolves were fighting for their playoff lives too. I believe that was actually Jimmy Butler's first season with well, technically one and only season with the Timberwolves. And they totally just laid an egg at home in a very similar fashion to a similar team that didn't have like most of their players going out there. I think the Grizzlies were riddled by injuries and just were like, all right, forget it. Our season stinks. Let's go get Zion or Ja. And it reminded me of that. Obviously, this is a different team, but we were so confident after the Warriors game, after the Sacramento game. And sure, you lost in Phoenix when Kevin Durant came back, but like whatever. They're actually looking really good now that he's back. Losing Nas Reed in that game. And man, that 
that looked so painful. The replay of that, him just slamming his wrist on the rim like that. I couldn't believe he stayed in the game just anyway because I thought at the very least he had the worst bone contusion of all time, just terrible bruise. Because that just, I, I just, I cannot imagine. It just looked so bad. But he stayed in the game. He shot a free throw. And the news that he uh, ended up breaking his wrist came out almost 36 hours later. So I think a lot of Wolves fans thought that that was in the clear. I certainly thought that that was in the clear, not to be the case. So that was extremely deflating. Then you, then you get to the Laker game, and I'm so glad. I'm glad you got to see like your team win a game and stuff like that. Actually, what? I, didn't, I didn't text you. I didn't text you when it happened. When, when Anthony Davis went down rolling on the floor with his ankle, I almost was just like, I bet Artis almost just got up out of his seat and left Target Center for a second there because no, I, Anthony Davis is like, I know, just like he drives you nuts. He drives you nuts, but you like him when he plays great, and he had a great game. But I think the Timberwolves completely let their guard down when he went down with that injury because it, it did look bad. It looked like AD was not going to play the rest of the game, um, but he did. And I think that just kind of just the Wolves just maybe got in a mindset, which is at this point really foolish of them, just like, okay, maybe we can take it easy, even though they still got LeBron and stuff like that. No, you ended up losing by more than 10 points to a team that you really, really need to be because, yeah, losing to the Lakers killed your chance of getting the eight seed and probably the nine seed too as well. And I mean, here's the weird thing of where I'm at with this Wolves team because, you know, I'm, I'm not forgetting the Warriors game and the Kings game. Like, that that was awesome. That was probably the, some of the peak moments of the Timberwolves season. I, I'm in a weird place where I'd feel more confident about this team in a playoff series than I am in a play-in series. I was going to get to that. It's so weird. So if we end up being the 9 or the 10, which is pretty damn likely that we're going to be, I'm going to be shaking in my boots. I am not going to be confident whatsoever in that game. I'm already shaking about these last two that we have. I know it's San Antonio. They're two and eight in their last 10. You know who else was two and eight in their last 10? Portland. So you can't (laughs) take them lightly at all. And Greg Popovich is still out there. He's still coaching. You can never count out pop. You just never can. But then this Pelicans game at the end is setting up pretty big for you as well. I mean, it actually might mean more for the Pelicans because they might still be in a competition with LA about who maybe gets to host that home game, LA or new Orleans. And so, yeah, it just, if, if the wolves are in a playing situation, which is likely going to be OKC because Dallas is an absolute mess because whatever we know why. And it actually might be more Luca. Luca is actually playing worse than Kyrie anyway. Um, yeah. Like, like you were said, you were going to touch on artists. Uh, I'm not going to be very confident if the Wolves are in a play-in scenario. I'd much rather them be in a playoff scenario because we've seen these individual moments, these individual games where, all right, guys, like this matters. I know it's, I know it's Portland, but like this matters. You got to bring it. And they just have shown me many times this season and several seasons before as well that they have issues getting ready for these um, uh, win-or-go-home kind of scenarios. Right. And, yeah, go ahead. My bad. Right right now, as it stands today, if they were in the play-in as the ninth seed, which they are right now, they'd have to play the Thunder. And then in the eighth and seventh seed, you have the Lakers and the Pelicans. So you'd have to beat OKC, and then you'd have to beat the Lakers or the Pelicans in order to get to that eighth seed. And so, like you said, I agree because – Honestly, bro, all three of those teams can give you a L. They all, all three of those teams have, in my opinion, superstars that can go out there and dominate a basketball game. 
Um, they're all pretty young. Well, the Lakers, they got young pieces, but they got LeBron. They the got main LeBron. Piece, if, the you main know. piece has got some gray. Yeah, right, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you got, you know, hopefully a healthy Anthony Davis that you, you know, would have to play against. And we just saw what Anthony Davis just did to them. And that game would be in L.A. And so... It's, it, it, I don't, I just was hoping that they would miss this play-in. But at the, at the same time, though, like you said, if they somehow, some way get out of that, bro, Denver looks suspect. They do. They look so suspect. Yeah. <laughs> they look like one of the worst one seeds we have seen in a long time. They just got smoked the other day by the worst team in basketball in the Houston Rockets with Joker back in the lineup. So like I, I they, this they, Western they Conference look, man, they this, have been yeah. they're six and four over their last ten games. They look so unconvincing. They look so unconvincing. So so I'm almost like, even though I said everything I said leading up to this up to this moment, I'm still saying Wolves fans, <laughs> if they can get to the playoffs, I still feel like they can beat Denver. I feel like they it is now they gotta play smarter basketball than they did in last year's postseason series against Memphis. You can't blow two 20 point leads in one basketball game. It cannot happen. But with the way Denver looks right now, Joker is a liability on defense. Jamal Murray is kind of hit or miss. Michael Porter Jr. is kind of just he still plays young to my eye. He still makes a lot of silly mistakes on the basketball floor. They were they they are well coached, but it doesn't look like it a lot of nights, especially recently. That is a team that can be had. So I, yeah. if you can get in, we'll see. we'll see. But but like the problem now is they might not get in. That's the biggest problem. Now you might not get in. Yeah. And so we'll see how the rest of this season turns out. But it's 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 very intriguing. It's very intriguing because, like you said, we saw this team compete against Golden State. We saw this team, you know, compete against Sacramento. We've seen this team compete against the best teams in the conference. We've seen this team compete against some of the best teams in the in the, in the uh, Eastern Conference. So we know what they can do. We know what they can do. The problem is, are they going to do it, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the Where's question. Where's my magic like, eight ball? Like, I need to shake it. That's the I have problem. No like, idea. That's the that's the big question. I, are I, they going to do it? It's one of the most. I mean. It's actually kind of fun. This is like one of the most unpredictable Timberwolves teams ever. Because like even I felt like, and we can wrap and we can go move on to the Wild in a second. And this is my last thought. Like even like last year, we we felt probably even more so confident about the Wolves in the playoff series going into that. But obviously they were in a better playoff position. Everything like that. Yeah, it just they've unfortunately set themselves up to where now they got to do all these hurdles to get to that point, and that's just. And again, eventually we're going to have to take a big old retrospective look on this entire season because, guys, remember, we had some pretty lofty expectations for this team, like at least maybe win a playoff series or two, make a conference final maybe. I mean, that's what we that's what we're all kind of feeling after Rudy Gobert at least. And, like, let's try not to forget they're a 500 team and none of us wanted them to be that case and nor should they have been the case. But, yeah, the West, I mean, you say that all about Denver. The whole West. I don't know yeah. who's going to come out of the West. This yeah. is like, this is like Miami in the bubble. Because like, sure the Lakers were really good, but nobody really like the West. The East was kind of just a mess that year in the bubble, and Miami ended up coming out of it. And as it, as it currently stands, it looks like that was just kind of maybe just a pop up kind of thing for Miami. I don't think they're going to make a run this season, even though they got some good pieces. Um, that kind of I feel like that's going to happen with the West. We're like a, a the five seed. You know, yeah. it's going to be San Diego State in the national championship game up against UConn. You know, it's going to be this team that's, you know, never made the final four against 
arguably one of the biggest blue bloods in the entire country. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um. So that and I, by UConn, I mean like Milwaukee, Boston, 76ers. Those I, I think those are like the three maybe main ones. Yeah. Maybe Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland. I don't know. We'll see. Um. Yeah. But San Antonio, New Orleans. I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> these these are one and these are pretty much one and done scenarios at this point. And so and I just the Wolves have not given me much confidence or really any of us much confidence that they can actually handle these scenarios. So uh, the Minnesota Wild, however, have clinched playoff berth officially. They are in. Um they did it under some like uh, kind of rough circumstances, though. Uh, they did uh, they did win in Colorado, and that was a really great game. That was fantastic. They lose in Vegas, four to one. That was rough, even though you got the first goal of that game. But everything else just kind of melted away. Then they come back home for that home and home against Vegas, and Vegas ties it up with thirty seconds to go in the third period. Goes to overtime, eventually a shootout, and Vegas wins in a shootout. So you coughed up those two points there. And that was really tough because I think that may have sealed uh, the Wilds' fate in terms of really like going after maybe the, the top seed in the Western Conference. I, pre- I think those performances against Vegas, that's pretty much over. And I don't think there's maybe enough games to make that up. And Vegas is still playing really good. Uh, but the Central, more than anything, guys, is just deadlocked. I don't remember the top of the division, no matter what division the Wild have been in, whether it's currently the Central or back in the old Northwest division, I don't remember the Central just being this just gridlocked because the Wild are at 98 points, the Stars are at 98 points, and the Avalanche are at 98 points, but they have a game in hand. So this is bound to be just an epically crazy finish to the regular season in the Central. Yeah, um, they, I mean... If that avalanche game I thought was like we're taking off here because Mad Bull, well, first off, <laughs> Mad Boldy's still been uh, just a video game character for the past month or so now. He he leads the league in goals over the over that span. Um, they were firing on all cylinders. They kind of got what happened to them a few days later. Their first game down in Vegas on uh, I want to say that was Saturday where they just looked a little flat footed. They looked a little caught off guard. Just not that jump that you have expected out of this team each and every night. So um, they get a huge win against the avalanche division rival. And honestly, I would rather have that win than the one against Vegas uh, that first night. So um, just for the sake of division stuff, but um, you know, you get a point the other night and that one, you, you could smell that goal coming late. They give up a goal six on five. It's the last couple of minutes. Vegas pulls their goalie and just you know you you could you could, like i said you could smell it guys are going down on their stomachs flailing all around just trying to uh get in front of the the puck but that gets people even more out of position just not not great defense there so you can almost smell that one coming they go to overtime they had a couple chances vegas had a couple chances as well um i'm the goaltending has been good the, the goaltending has been good and i think as of like late last week I proposed that I think Gustafson was my number one. I still think that's the case, but he is, tr- he's trending slightly downwards for me mm. solely because of like, we, we saw a goal last night, maybe uh, a couple goals over the past week where he's letting them in when I, I just don't expect him to. It's the ones that you expect him to stop that he's shown you he can. And then all of a sudden now we haven't seen, and I'm not, when I say trending down, I'm saying we went from like, you know, arguably you, the best goaltender in the league. I mean, he was put up. He's top been, five he's, numbers. He has been, he has been really good. He has been really yeah. good. Um, but you know, it's like turning your volume down, like one notch. You're like, you're not, <laughs> you're not pulling up and turning it all the way off. Cause you need to focus. It's just like, all right, 
I need to think a little bit. So I'm going to, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been a huge step down. Um, I'm not worried at all. I just, you know, he hasn't been as hot as he was, but that's to be expected. Uh, everybody kind of has their ups and downs. Um, unfortunately over that span though, you do lose Mason Shaw, um, suffers his fourth ACL tear. Mm. The guy's 25 years old, just dude, a warrior. He, I mean, the, the stuff, what he's been through to like get to the NHL, shows so much about just who he is and his character and everything. So you, it's such a easy guy to root for where you see that. And as soon as he, you know, gets up and is not putting any weight on that, that leg um, gets helped off. You're just like, "Ah, please don't tell me what I think is going to happen. Unfortunately, it's the news that a lot of people were fearing. Um, So now you lose him for the year. Um, And he was bringing so much, energy to that fourth line he just a grinder just a little pest out there um gets under the guy's skin he he's an energizer bunny because that's just the role he has to play and a guy that buys into the system that bill garen and dean evison want him to play um so you gotta expect that that is um, gonna affect the team somewhat locker room wise on ice wise but um, you know, they have other guys coming out. The great news shifting from like awful news to fantastic news is today. Mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov videotaped back on the ice. He's skating again, participating in practice. will be making the trip um, with the team to Pittsburgh tomorrow. Dean Evison has stated that he will not be playing no matter how hard he lobbies with them. He's not playing. He had the non-contact jersey on at practice today. Um, but there is potential. There is a small chance that we could see Gustav Nyquist play, um, mm. acquired back on that trade deadline. He's been hurt with a shoulder injury. So, I mean, that's the, that's the thing we we've kind of mentioned with this team last year, the whole thing of Anson Carter saying this team doesn't have depth and everybody getting up in arms <laughs> about it. When in reality, he was spot on. He was very yeah. correct. We saw that, um, late parts of the season where people were getting kind of banged up and they just didn't have that kind of the the just to use it the depth to change their play style and alter how they play to pick apart opponents now they kind of do even with this mason shaw injury because you're going to immediately be able to slot back in gustav nyquist and then you have Kirill Kaprizov, and then it's like well who's coming out still then so you still have these question marks of who's going to be a, a healthy scratch on the backside, Kalen Addison still isn't getting playing time, but that's that's another rant for another day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I'm expecting, and it seems like the crash course for this team is that they're going to be squaring off against Dallas in that first round of the playoffs. Yep. Um, with a game in hand, still the Avalanche are they're just too big of a powerhouse to relinquish that first spot. I feel like uh, they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time. They're getting people back healthy at the right time. Um, the fact that this was even a discussion for the wild to win the division, let alone the conference for a while was pretty remarkable in, in itself. So um, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's been a fun mm-hmm. ride for that, but I think you have to focus on trying to get that home ice advantage rather than um, heading to Dallas first, because Dallas is a team I think the Wild can match up with, but I am so scared of Jake Ottinger. Minnesota boy, he's a net. Last year, he played in a playoff game. I don't know if you guys caught this, remember this at all. He had like 70 saves. Yeah. It was a it was a double or triple overtime game. And he the thing is, he did that, and they lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Think about that. Yeah. They wow. lost like three to two, and he made 70-plus saves. So, Unreal. Um, and he's been fantastic this year, another year uh, under his belt, kind of a full season. 
So it's going to be uh, very, very interesting to watch here down this final yeah. uh, stretch of games. And Jason Robertson's just turned into an absolute beast down there mm-hmm. for them. He, he's our, I mean, yeah. I know there, I know that a lot of wild fans got pretty triggered about who was better. Their rookie seasons, Kirill Kaprizov or Jason Robertson. Um, Maybe Jason Robertson was maybe taking a step above Krill, maybe just by like a slight edge. I don't know. That's just me talking out of my butt more than anything else. I don't really know for sure, but I just see him. I see him scoring every night. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that guy. I remember him in the Krill debates for the for the Calder pretty much when uh, when it was Krill's rookie season. And yeah, obviously if Krill can come back, I mean the fact that he's traveling with the team is really encouraging. I didn't see that video of him skating, but thank goodness um, that he's out there on the ice. And again, just the fact that he's with his teammates again, that's pretty encouraging too. Um, at, at this point, I think, I don't know. I, I, I might just want to save him for the playoffs. Um, it, I, I mean, you're more of an expert on this kind of stuff, but I just don't know how much rust potentially could be shaken off. If he gets in the last game or two against like the jets or the predators, I don't know how much value there is in that. I'm sure there's, there's something to be had just to get those, those legs underneath them and something like that. But I, I just, I'm, I, I want him as healthy as possible. And if that means he doesn't, play a game an extra game or two then okay but i mean i still want Kirill to be in a situation where he is ready to go no matter what so that means playing a game or two at the end or not whatever you guys got to do right yeah my opinion on that and it kind of depends on what the conversations are like behind closed doors if is he 100 percent or is he 85 percent? is he 90 percent mm-hmm. um if it's closer to like mid up 90s closer to 100 percent I would say get him in there for that last game or two if he's available just for the sake of you're probably going to know exactly where you are, especially if they're this is if they're low leverage games in the sense of, you know, you're locked into a certain seed. Right. Um, Because that can kind of still change and alter. But if you don't have anything to win or lose, throw him in the lineup, keep him under like 10 minutes of ice time just so he can go out there and get back in the swing because it's there's four seasons in the NHL. The offseason, the preseason, the regular season, and then the playoffs. And the playoffs are just a different animal. The the tenacity, the atmosphere, the energy, the grittiness, the aggressiveness, it's all ramped up to 10. Um, and I, for a guy who has been out now for about a month or so, it would be a lot to just go from you know rehabbing, practicing with the team, to, hey, Jamie Ben is charging at you at 60 miles per hour and he wants to ram you into the corner, you know, with, and he doesn't care about your health, something like that. So mm-hmm. um, I would like to see him get a little action, but it also depends. Like I said, if he's not a hundred percent, get him as close to that as possible and then get him out there. Cause he's a good enough player to where he's going to shake off that rust fairly quickly. For sure. Um, just a couple of tidbits on baseball really quick. Um, Minnesota twins are back. All baseball's back. AJ Chicago Cubs are back. Um, Artist, I'm just going to assume you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan, Milwaukee nope, Brewers yeah, I, fan. I remember this. I remember this. He's a Brewers oh, wait. fan. Brewers. Brewers. Okay, yeah, Brewers. Okay. Brewers. I knew it was one. I figured it was just one of the two. I, yeah. Unless, I don't know, maybe you fully adopted the Minnesota Twins by now. I don't know. There's Brewers. A, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Brewers. Go Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I don't have a lot to say because I know we do want to get to our dummy of the week as well as we wrap up the show. Uh, but the Twins are 4-2. and two, uh, Swept Kansas City um, to open the season. Uh, kind of an iffy road trip. And then they go down to Miami and drop a 2-3. But I just want to highlight the starting pitching really quick. 
Not a single twin starting pitcher yet has allowed more than one earned run. And we've gotten through the entire rotation once already. It's just been absolutely lights out. Uh, Pablo Lopez, he started out the season just really good on opening day. Gave him, I think, a five and a third shutout innings. And he also pitched really good in his homecoming in Miami yesterday. That was really awesome. Um, Joey Gallo has been pretty much all the twins offense right now, especially in the power department, because that's one thing that the twins are just a little bit lacking so far. We're still waiting for the bats to really, really, really heat up. They're scoring runs, but we're just not seeing the ball leave the ballpark quite yet. I know that Trevor Larner's got a home run. Max Kepler's got a home run, but really it's been Joey Gallo, who I think has three home runs already for the Minnesota twins. So it's, it's pretty encouraging. It's pretty fun. Uh, baseball is back. Um, I'm because they moved the home opener to Friday, I'm thinking about going. I know my I am, sister's I going. I'm already going. I you're going. Tickets. I know you're going. My sister's going. Uh, I know that Grant Wengstern of my talk, 107.1, is also going. Mm-hmm. And so I have plenty of precedent to go. And I think, I actually, maybe tickets are a little bit cheaper because they moved it. It, it is going to be nicer. I mean, the, the reason they did move it is because it's going to be like 10 degrees warmer on Friday than it is on Thursday. But I don't think it's going to snow or anything. No, it's going to be mostly sunny 48. That sounds like a typical Minnesota Twins home open, if you ask me. Uh, so, yeah, it's an encouraging start to the season for the Minnesota Twins, 4-2. and two. Uh, Again, the home opener is going to be coming up here. They play the, the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros, the... Pretty much unanimously across all of Major League Baseball. Hated Houston Astros. Grab your trash cans, people, and bang them while you are there. But uh, just don't be too mean to Carlos Correa, okay? He's, he plays no, for No, he's now. a cheater. <laughs> You're a cup no, he's, he, he, I mean, I he is. I mean, I've... I've it, it's to the point where, like, I don't care anymore. But it's like, you can't... He, he cheated. So He know, did. It he is did. what it is. Him, Jose Altuve, all of them. No, absolutely. Them, so. yeah. But I'll take that six-year I mean, contract, though. I mean, he's still insanely though. good, but it's just like... <laughs> it's like, you know... He, he already knew. Yeah, you know what I mean. He would have got a 97 on the test, but he got 100 because he had. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyways. Yeah, he stole the answer sheet. So uh, anyway, we want to get to our dummy of the week. We haven't done this in a couple weeks, but I think all of us have been compelled by just some things that have happened in the last week that just have gotten on our nerves a little bit. So let's fire that sounder and let's let's get angry. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that sound, man. I just want to point that out again. <laughs> I, I love that sound. I want to start really quick. I want to get this started off the right yeah. way. My There's dummy one. of the week. I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. His name is is Danny Cannell. I believe that's what he what his name is. And he is the guy who came out and said what Andrew Rees did during the Women's National Championship game was classless. Now, I won't go down the tangent that I know some people may think I'm going to go down. I'm going to go a completely opposite route because I don't I don't want to state the obvious. What I will say is this. Basketball and sports in general is competitive. Trash talk is what gets it going. One of the biggest reasons why I wanted to watch the Women's National Championship game this year is not just because Kalen Clark is an amazing player. It's not just because LSU was a great overall team. It's because the trash talk leading up into this game was unique. It was different. It was something I hadn't seen coming out of women's college basketball in a very long time, if ever, if ever. So I was like, yo, this is must-see TV. I have got to see this. And LSU felt disrespected. They felt like not only does Kaylin Clark disrespect her competition, which is some of their actual friends at LSU, but LSU felt disrespected because they weren't talked about at all really leading up to this game. All the talk was about Kaylin Clark. So they let everybody know what type of time and energy they will be on. They let them know, we come in 
for the throat. And they did. And they went out there and for the most part dominated Kalen Clark and Iowa. Now, I will say this really quickly. Yes, there was a difference. I, I can't stand people or keep on bringing up, oh, Kalen Clark did the same thing as Angel Reese when she did the you can't see me thing. No, there was a difference. Mm-hmm. Kaylin Clark mm-hmm. did it within the throws of the basketball game. Both times the game was in reach. When she waved off the um, the South Carolina player, the game was within reach. So that trash talk was in the throws of the game, and it felt more natural. What Angel Reeves did felt more like I've been planning this, and I'm going to taunt <laughs> you. She literally did it at the free throw line, and then she did it at the end of the game when the game was out of reach, literally stalking this girl up and down the floor, doing the you-can't-see-me sign. But, but, but... I'm not mad at it because that is what sports is about. And that is in part why women's basketball and women's sports is on the map right now. Because not only are we talking about the game, but we're talking about the trash talk. And I guarantee you now we will be watching these two teams because both players will be back with their teams this upcoming year. We will be watching those two teams and women's basketball, college basketball, that is a lot more this upcoming year than we have in years in the past. So for that, (laughs) sir, and everyone else who called her classless for what she did, being a competitor, you are my dummy of the week. Fantastic. I think that's a spot on take. I do want to say that because we, Mm -hmm. I think we share the exact same thing. I'm fine with both of them doing that. I just, I, when I first saw it, I was like, why are people saying this class? And then I saw the, the video of her, like, like you said, stalking her for like 15 consecutive seconds, trying to get her attention. I wouldn't say that's cla- I just, it, it. It's goofy to me. It's, <laughs> I hear you. That's the only thing. Like, sure. like, like you said, spot on. Cl- Caitlin Clark. It was like, it was a second, um, second thought. It was instinctual. Just like she did it and then moved on. Andrew, Andrew Reese, I think kind of had that plan. Like, Oh, okay. We're going to get up because mm-hmm. we know we're a better team. And then as mm-hmm. soon as that happens, I'm going to get in her face. Blah, blah, blah. I'm cool with that because it's competitive. If and if she has been doing that, she's going to be more than fine with you know. And she has come out and said like, yeah, I have nothing but respect for it. Granted, I don't think she's going to say like she's a terrible person. Blah blah blah. I want to fight. She's not going to say that. Um, but so good for the entertainment pur- purposes, and that is what makes this that like you said that is what made me want to actually tune in and i'm not a basketball fan to begin with like in in the scheme of things like i tuned in to a couple march madness games on the men's side i think i probably watched more of the women's tournament solely for the the entertainment the 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 villains the heroes the storylines were there oh god they did such a good job um and, and it's it's it, it was it was fantastic it was fantastic so um credit to you artist because that is a spot on take that i fully yeah. agree with jason you want to go next yeah, 100%. I mean, the and especially the reactions right away were just, what What are we doing, guys? Uh, and there were, like, some big-time media outlets that were pretty much vilifying Angel Reese, like, right away. Uh, I won't say exactly who they were, but, you, if, you know, if you're in demographic between 18 and 35 uh, and been to college before, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and it, it was just pretty gross to just see. And, then, like, the next day, there was plenty of just, like, people coming to Angel's defense. But, I mean, the biggest defender of her was Caitlin Clark herself. She went on the record and said, like, yeah, everything's cool. Like, whatever. Like, we engage with it. That's kind of the name of the game. And, yeah, we can have the debate uh, night and day about who took it too far, who didn't take it far enough, and that kind of stuff. None of that matters. Um, Honestly, just like you guys said, in terms of entertainment value, I mean, this is is fantastic for for the sport, for the game, and everything like that. This has been one of the 
few years where I think the women's final four was actually more compelling than the men's final four and more interesting and more relevant. And it was pretty much because that national title game was just so awesome. National title game was okay for March Madness. That, um, that, that buzzer beater for San Diego state was pretty dang cool in the final four. That, that was a lot of fun and a lot of like fun tournament moments happened in Houston and stuff like that. But yeah, the hundred percent artists, it just is like, what, what are we doing? Just let them do their things and let them, and, Again, not to like go on too much of a tangent here, but if guys did that, if men's basketball players did that, is this is this nearly as big of a thing, nearly as big of an issue? I don't really think it is, it's to be not. honest with you. And so there's a double standard here for sure, but it still was just really entertaining. And like you said, I actually didn't know that uh, those ladies were going to be coming back next season too. So it will be really interesting to see if maybe they can like schedule a game against each other in the regular season or like obviously the dream would be that they somehow get another matchup in March Madness somehow but yeah no this, the whole thing has just been like what are we doing guys like come on so spot on um the only one I, I mean I know we're kind of wrapping up for time uh, the only one I was gonna and actually the more I think about this I don't know if this is actually a dummy of the week this actually might be ending up a good thing for all parties involved pretty much uh but diamond sports who operates the regional networks for um the minnesota twins minnesota wild minnesota timberwolves that's bally sports pretty much uh they missed their payments um for both the uh the the basically the broadcasting rights for the twins and the cleveland guardians as well they made payments to a bunch of other teams but they specifically missed the twins and the guardians now there's a 15-day grace period that they can ultimately make this payment on this happened to the padres last season where they missed a payment for the padres and ultimately they paid it on that 15th day and everything was fine for the rest of the season but the thing that is in kind of in the works really with all this is that the twins media deal their tv deal expires at the end of the season so the speculation right now is that this is actually a strategic move by Diamond Sports in maybe just letting the Twins, and I don't know what the Guardian situation is. Maybe they're similar. Maybe their TV deal runs up as well. But maybe they're just going to let this go. Like, Just think about a TV network letting a professional like Big Four franchise go for a season because their contract is coming up, and so they can pretty much invest all their resources into the teams that have longer drawn out uh, media contracts. But anyway, my dummy of the week, this is not necessarily dummy of the week. This is dummy of the last three years. It's diamond sports. It's Sinclair broadcasting. You have just made this so complicated, just not only from a monetary standpoint, but from a, just a viewing standpoint, your fans cannot watch the, the teams and their games that they want to watch. If you are subscribed to the $20 a month Bally Sports Plus thing that you can just buy individually that you don't have a cable package, I actually don't think you can actually watch the Minnesota Twins right now. You you couldn't watch the home opener, even though you were paying $20 a month and they advertise that they are the streaming home of the Minnesota Twins. You could not watch the home opener. But you know what? It might be ending soon. It might be actually done in 15 days. And in this case... Probably Major League Baseball is going to take over all the broadcasting duties. They will find a way to broadcast these games either somehow locally on TV here in town, maybe find a cable network, probably most likely stream like MLB.tv. But like, again, this is a very unique situation for the Twins and the Guardians specifically, but it's just been an absolute mess. So Diamond Sports Group, you're not my dummy of the week. You're my dummy of like the last three years, and I'm just fine. You're probably going to be gone soon. Thank you.
Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mine actually is going to fit so well with with where the sound originates from because my dummy of the week is Vince McMahon. Mm. <laughs> this guy goes away with all of his legal stuff, and then Triple H takes over, sets up these storylines. The talent is happy. The things are flowing. The momentum shifting back to WWE from AEW. They're they're rolling in hot. They're building these storylines. These heels are terrible. These baby faces are put on pedestals. Everybody's into it. We roll around to WrestleMania. The night one. Oh, God. So good. So many good matches. Uh, it ends with a phenomenal match. Tag team champions of the world. Spoiler alert. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. They take down the day ones, the Uso brothers, Jimmy and Jay. Great night. Great night. In case you also you didn't know, uh, WrestleMania is now a two-night event. We go to night two. We have a fun match, um, a triple threat, Sheamus, Gunther, and uh, Drew McIntyre. Just to, to quote Big E, big meaty men slapping meat. That's all it was. <laughs> That's all it was. That, that oh, was just boy. a match for the old-time diehards, and I promise in context that that quote makes more sense. I but like it more out. We come around to the final match of the night. Roman Reigns, undisputed champion of the world he's the universal champion he's he's got like seven belts he he's been on this title run now for like 940 consecutive days cody rhodes comes back american nightmare (laughs) i mean it's been building to this and he loses (laughs) he loses and then they go into the the raw after raw after mania which is like one of the best like cable shows of the year just Vince is making calls on the fly for like this segment's now different. This you're not on TV tonight. You are, and you're attacking this person. Blah blah blah, just ruining everything. And it's and it ended up being rated the worst Raw ever, ever. Jeez. The day after WrestleMania ever. Whoa! Not not yeah, not even just that one. Just the worst broadcasted Monday Night Raw. Yeah ever that's amazing so, so yeah so now talent uh a lot of people are not thrilled because he's back and everything just it's it's so stupid because all this hard work and all these storylines that have gotten people so invested they're just like yeah hey screw you guys so uh my dummy of the week mr vince mcmahon dummy yeah yeah i thought maybe you're gonna talk about like his new mustache or something like that because that's what that's is up stylish. with that? him and him that... and declan both with the with the mustache <laughs> i know i know goodness. meanwhile you i mean aj's got us beat by a mile but I, the three of us got some mm. good beard game going i feel like the three of us kind uh, of I, 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 I got chin here that's got about chin. it oh, okay. got a little chin here that, that's that's yeah, I, I wish i had i can't see it i wish i had a full beard like you guys okay i've never i've I don't think I've ever let mine get AJ's long though. This like I've, I haven't had the courage to do been, it just because I'm lazy. Oh no, keep it going, man. Wear that through the summer. We should make a bet. Like how long can AJ grow his beard? Yeah, Willing so to hot. grow his beard it too. It gets so hot. It I know. So I, hot. I, I might. Whatever. You, yeah. Whatever. So. I've, I've done. I did last year with like the longer hair. I don't know if I can do a full summer of like the longer hair and like a, a longer beard. I, I, mean, I don't. Whatever. I don't even remember you with short hair at this point. I don't even remember what you look like. You look good right. no matter what. Hey, well, thanks. So, at least <laughs> one of us. At least one of us thinks so. On that high note, we're going to wrap it up. It's time to go. Uh, they, 
Thank you again for tuning in to <laughs> another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review, comment. Let us know whether you like it. Even if you hate it, let us know because, honestly, more engagement, the better. And right. uh, we're go- we'll go ahead and be back with another new episode next week. For uh, Jason Stormer, for Artist Woods, AJ Fredrickson here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a good night, everybody.